Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined with Diamond Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic, Phil. Had a nice restful weekend, just like our Free Jacks did. How about yourself? Excellent. So did I. A little busy, but ultimately, um, you know, a great and rewarding weekend. I was at the Free Jacks Award Ceremony, which was a blast. You know, the whole team was there, some business partners of the Free Jacks, along with staff and coaching as well. Uh, TK was there. Everybody was uh, dressed to impress. I was as well. I was wearing a Canadian tuxedo. For those that do not know, that is denim. Uh, all the way. Uh, and I even had denim loafers on. It was pretty wild. I was also wearing a bolo, which I was expecting I would be the only one there. But Keezer and the vampire had a bolo on as well, which was pretty cool. We Excellent. took some photos uh, of us with the bolos on, but I'm not sure where they ended up. I'd love to get that um, if somebody has it out there. And I would love to post that on the socials because it was a, it was a good look for all three of us for sure. Excellent. And you weren't just a guest uh yeah they, there they was, pulled a, there was fast a bit of a surprise me. right why don't you yeah, talk Dave, about that they got me man they got me big time so um halfway through the award ceremony uh mags got up the ceo alex magleby uh got up to talk and you know he was about seven minutes in thanking everybody which was fantastic you know players staff all of that sort of stuff business partners but he kept looking at me and i was like okay interesting um but then he started he pulled out his phone And he started reading way back when, and some Rangers out there might remember this, back in the day when the Free Jacks first were announced, they sent out a survey to fans, I think maybe multiple surveys, um, of just like wacky stuff. It it probably came from Mags directly because it was such (laughs) wacky questions that he wanted answered from the fan base. Um, And he started reading off my replies. And I just got teary eyed because I was it was just so funny. I mean, we're talking about stuff that happened five years ago. Right. Um, and it was just it, it took me down memory lane a little bit about my excitement for the free jacks. And, and ultimately that, you know, I had no idea that they were going to do this. I was just expecting that I was going to be there to kind of cover the awards and also like a, an attaboy for for helping cover the team. Essentially, right. I tried to you know get you guys involved just because I want, you know, it's yeah. not just me that does this. I, you know, we've got multiple people that help out with the show. So I wanted all of us there, but there was a capacity issue. Um, so anyway, um, but um, Mags, you know, hands me this award and you know, I, I had tears in my eyes. I, I had, a, I shed a tear. I got up and gave a speech that I don't really recall what I said. Embarrassingly, <laughs> I know that I did not say huzzah at the end, which is lame. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just thank the organization for being so accessible. You know, really, it, it, it's so good to have them embrace us, uh, even though sometimes we kind of push the boundaries. We are the bar stool of rugby fan podcasts and sometimes you know we poke at other teams and stuff like that but ultimately what we're trying to do is engage the community for free jacks fans and rangers out there just to have them engaged and excited about what takes place with this team and that's really the whole purpose of this and so they decided to you know bestow this uh community impact award on me and you know i i just i was over the moon about it man like it really made my weekend it's made my year just to be it's, recognized like that, you know, it's very, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's well deserved, Phil. Uh, you you put in a lot of work, and uh, you know, it's appreciated by myself and the fans and the, the team themselves. So, yeah, well learned. 
Yeah, another reason why the Free Jacks are the best organization is they're reaching out to people that are helping them and and giving them a pat on the back and and these awards, which is awesome. So very, very cool stuff from the organization that we already know is the best in the league. Uh, Let's move over to uh, season home opener took place against D.C. way back when at Fort Quincy. Now we're doing the last home game of the season against D.C. It's a nice bookend, as uh, Ranger Payne mentioned, for Fort Quincy. It's closing out the 2023 home season against the team that we started with. The color scheme thieves are up against our New England Free Jacks on July the 1st. There's going to be a beer fest before the game. There's going to be music, of course, and there's also going to be fireworks after the game, which I'm super excited about. For all the folks out there that may not have Independence Day weekend plans, this is the place to be. It's playoff rugby, and you get fireworks at the end. There's going to be beer involved. What's better than this? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So if you don't already have plans out of town or whatever, come to the game. You will not regret it. This is the one to not miss. This is where it all comes together, man. It's win or go home. And you, you, exact, that's the type of stuff that you want to say. I, I'm talking to Boston sports fans. They know about playoff uh, competitions. So get your ass at Fort Quincy on the 1st of July. Hope to see everybody there. Winner advances to the MLR final in Chicago. Like I said, what more could you want, man? This is this is going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. As a as a wise man once said, where would you rather be? <laughs> right? It, it, For sure. You want that the excitement of, you know, the, the it's the final game at Veterans Memorial Stadium mm-hmm. of the season, you know, the 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 only other thing on the table is out in Chicago, right? So yes. you know that they're closing out big. They're going to pull out all the stops. I'm excited about the fireworks. I like fireworks. <laughs> I think Same. explosions in the sky with pretty colors are cool. Same. So I'm amped about that. The band they have is Hip Shot. They're coming back. They were they were there earlier in the season, I believe, mm-hmm. and they were a really good band, a lot of good energy. So I think the fan zone will be jamming. It's a little bit later yep. um, than most of the matches have been. They've been kind of afternoon matches, which works out great mm-hmm. if you have young kids, which I think is a lot of why they do that. But mm-hmm. for this match, it's prime time, baby. We Hell got a yeah. five thirty kickoff. Yep. Um, it is gonna be it is gonna be huge. I can't all the wait. tailgaters will be out there probably at noon getting lubed up for this oh, one. Yeah. Super excited. Make sure you're uh, you've stretched out your vocal cords there because we want to see all the Rangers loud and proud in the stands. But first, let's rewind to the Eastern Conference Eliminator game. It was D.C. at New York. So the color scheme thieves at the comment deleters. The vast majority of the Rangers picked New York to advance uh, in the polls that we put up on our socials and also in the Ranger picks that are out there that were opened up for the playoffs for all those that wanted to get involved. An interesting stat that they were talking about during the game that I was not aware of is New York has the worst discipline in the league and the most yellow cards it was a major factor in us beating them in the second half at the morgue which is their place there in mount vernon as we like to call it or the library i like both um earlier in the season they definitely lost their discipline in the second half the jacks capitalized on it 
and the rest was history with that particular matchup. But the crowd at Mount Vernon, and we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week and got a little bit. We were poking some people for sure. <laughs> some uh, folks didn't appreciate the negative. Didn't appreciate it. But it's in but, good fun. I and think it's also it's, public information, right? Like it's yeah, out there. You know what I mean? So it, it is all in good fun. Like obviously we want the best for the health of the league because the Free right. Jacks are in the league. But, you know, you kind of have to shake your head at what's going on in New York. Obviously, it's been a struggle for them to find a, a good venue over the years, and the rebranding certainly mm -hmm. hasn't helped. But it, ultimately, the crowd attendance for a home playoff game was absolutely pathetic. I'm hearing they had about 1,300. That's just awful, like I said, for a playoff game and a final home game of the year. The cameras during the game had to do the whole tight shots where there were a cluster of people to not look at make it look terrible for New York. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, they burst out of the gate. You know, the uh, the IT workers, they did burst out of the gate and scored less than a minute into the game. But D.C. was able to settle nicely and had two mall defensive stands in their own 22 within the first 20 minutes. Where I was like, oh, that's interesting. Very good for them. I guess they've been studying the tape on New York, which is what you have to do yeah. against that mall because it has been so successful historically um, for New York. Um, New York went on into the corner, of course, trying for three easy. Uh, but actually, sorry, let me back up. New York went for the corner instead of trying for three easy points, which is something that could have, you know, definitely came back and bit them in the end there. They were not really playing what I would consider playoff rugby, meaning that if you have the opportunity to, to score um, an easy three points with a kickable kick, you know, the higher percentage outcome, you're not taking advantage of that. And you're kind of um, I wouldn't say glory hunting, but you're 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 punching for an uh, for a haymaker essentially. You're really trying to knock the other team out when you don't necessarily have to do that. Body yeah. punches in playoff games make more of an impact, especially if you have a lead and you're just tacking over more points, and it makes it more difficult for the opposition. New York really wanted to not do that, and it bit them in the ass in the end. As a contrast in New York, D.C. was playing playoff rugby. They scored 13 unanswered points after that attempted haymaker from New York uh, after the first minute, choosing to take an easy penalty uh, to kick to keep the score ticking over, uh, although New York definitely regained some momentum with uh, D.C.'s mall defense finally giving out. Kyle Bailey got sent off. Uh, he saw a slice of cheese there, who, by the way, is an absolute warrior. That guy, I would – you know, I would follow that guy into hell. Like he, he is clearly a leader on the pitch for them. Yeah, he looks like a madman. He out does. There. Yes. Like you just, it, 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 yeah. Like you said, follow him to hell. You can tell you to do anything, and you go, okay. Yep. <laughs> just a, you just quietly agree and hope absolutely. you don't make him mad. You know, yeah. like I, he is a, a monster. Yeah, he always puts in a, a crazy shift. In a future dystopian society, he's going to be just fine. He's going to yeah. Be he's a warlord. Right. Like yeah. he's like a Mad Max warlord. More, more than anything else, that's what he reminds 100%. me of. For sure, his um, word is law. No doubt, no doubt. And that's this is a guy that I felt like the Free Jacks, you know, could have got after Josh's injury. Obviously, the Free Jacks felt good about their position uh, with where they were, and probably had to save some cap space for Waka to come back. But I just look at that guy and like, damn, he would have been a perfect Free Jack. Canadian international, knows a lot of those guys, plays a position that we're not exactly uh, full of depth with at this point. But anyway, I mean, he's on D.C. It is what it is. Um, so moving on, basically the halftime score was 19 to 16. New York leading, but also had the lion's share possession and territory. But D.C. was hanging around. 
Um, the most eye-opening stat for me was New York had 12 lineouts to DC's four at halftime. So yeah. it kind of uh, those stats are like, okay, New York's definitely in control of this game. If you look at the stat lines, what were your overall first half thoughts though, Dave? Um, DC just had that dog in them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that was what really struck me. Oh, um, yeah. It, it really in the opening minutes to see New York go in and score like since less than a minute, just right on the kickoff right away, they score. Um, and it just didn't phase DC at all. They came right back and, and, and hit right back. Um, I thought that it was, I, th- I think it really showed how far DC have come at, at one point. If I heard the commentator, right, I, I, I should have gone back and looked at all the previous records but it sounded like DC lost to New York the first like five times they mm-hmm. played, mm-hmm. right? They yep. lost five Sounds times right. in a row against New York, and then they finally beat them in the last mat their last meetup down in uh, Leesburg, Virginia yes. of this year when they yes. hosted New York. They beat them down there, um, and then here they are completely unfazed by that early try and really yep. hitting back in that first half. Um, I agree with what you said about it looked more like DC was playing playoff rugby. Mm-hmm. The two things to me are that what we really mean when we say playoff rugby are like one, there's no pool points. So you don't, nobody needs four tries. It doesn't matter how many tries right. you score. Yes. You just need to have more points on the board at the end of the game. Yep. And the other thing is that you probably expect the margins to be smaller. Yeah. Right. So you, those three points here or there, every opportunity you get, you want to take yes. those three because, you know, that those three points very well may be bigger than the final margin of mm-hmm. the game, whether that's, you know, win or lose. Like you, you're yes. looking at those small margins. Um, and so you want to take whatever's on offer. And DC did that really well, particularly in that first half where they were like, you know what? We're just going to keep chipping and chipping yep. and suddenly you know even though they'd only scored one try they mm-hmm. were not very far behind new no. york who had who had on paper yes looked a lot more dominant and right. and the video looked more dom you know had more possession they're running yep. phases they're moving down the field they had like way more carry meters than mm-hmm. dc did yep. just the the visuals of the match it looks like new york is doing great and then you look at the scoreboard and it's like oh actually they're up by three points it doesn't matter yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great way to describe D.C. in this game. They had that dog in them. They sure did, man. They didn't care. Like, they didn't care that they'd only beaten New York once in their history in coming into this game. They didn't care that New York scored within the first minute. Like, they were just like, okay, we're here to play, man. Like, you're not going to knock us out. We're just going to hang around. So uh, speaking of that, uh, there was a terrible TMO turnover try after the 50th minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good. Uh, Which saw New York awarded a try after Kurt Breaker clearly held up the butcher uh, and Selmy, who we give a little bit of crap around here. You know, he's not our favorite MLR referee. Uh, You know, he gets he can't win. He gets criticized for not using TMO. But in this game, in a playoff game, he's using the TMO, which is Derek right. Summers, who was, you know, busy on his uh, phone uh, checking Instagram at certain points, which, you know, it is what it is. Uh, gives a try to New York. Controversy follows Inselmi around like a shadow, man. He, he can't win. 
you know, so it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. But what were you going to say about that? Uh, that uh, just that it was on my list of things that DC did not care about. You know, I mean, uh, well, yes. cared, but it would just fuel for the fire, right? They um, seemed it, a little rattled, like within the first two or three minutes, but after that, we recovered quickly. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, it was a it was a weird call. Um, I really wanted to rewatch it a couple times today, uh, but couldn't get the replay up on uh, Rugby Network mm-hmm. uh, just to try to figure out what exactly they were looking at it i think the decision ended up being the like the anselmi's call on the field was that it was held up he blew his whistle and he said held up but then he went to yep. tmo to check it right yep. the tmo said that it had been touched down after it was i think he said after it was held up so initially held up but then the player got it down and Anselmi didn't see that second right thing happen, didn't see it touched. Mm-hmm. So he didn't see it when it happened. And then after that, he called held up. But when you, as a viewer and watching DC's reaction, it seemed like what it sounded like, the explanation sounded to them like, I think he, he said like it was touched down after it was held up. So it seemed like they got a try for touching it down after the whistle. Right. Kurt Baker was saying, play yes. to the whistle. Yes. What like we played to the whistle? How like how can they then get a try if we like held it up and played to the whistle? Yep. But I don't I don't think that's what really happened. It just mm. seemed that way. I think what happened was it was initially held up, then grounded, and then called as held up, and the TMO just said, "Oh no, that that was clearly grounded." Just it's just a matter of language, like the yes. words they use to communicate it to the fans and the team should have been more clear. No doubt about it. Yeah, clarity would have helped tremendously in that situation. I, and I feel like Anselmi tried to get clarification from Derek Summers, the TMO. Yeah. And then Derek Summers just was like, he didn't say, you may award the try. He said, award the try, which is which is a lot different. Uh, right. You know, if you're Speaking thinking, in the imperative tense. No doubt. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's just like, award the try. That's very forceful and like, you know, yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, uh-oh. Uh, the, the the fix is in now obviously that was not the case right but like sure. in my mind i'm thinking back to our game last year in the eastern conference final with <laughs> and sell me uh you know on the whistle and just like that clear forward pass that he never checked and then you hear right. that you're like award the try like what's happening here you know so that was yeah. going through my mind yeah, yeah it's just optics stuff right yeah like, for sure you i mean we talk about the picture the referee sees and how they make their choices based mm-hmm. on you know you don't always know you know what's in the sausage but you can see from the outside and kind of make a guess for sure um and, and we do the same thing in those instances right like yes. we we don't really know all the details it just what matters to us is the picture we're seeing which mm-hmm. in that moment did seem a little bit weird yes. probably another thing is the communications are always not great with all the field yep. noise and everything sure. it's hard for the ref on the field to hear the tmo so i think that's why you that often, could have been yeah you hear them they will start cutting out words and we'll end yeah. up in a, they'll end up with a short phrase that they're yep. just trying to get like one simple phrase across all the award the try yeah, yeah yeah exactly sure. award the try you don't need you may in there <laughs> if there's weird miscommunication the important yeah. part is award the try for sure it was definitely a weird moment and dc got fired up Mm-hmm. They sure did. They recovered quickly and came roaring back with a trying conversion, making it only a three-point game once again at the hydration break 
26 to 23. New York made it very difficult for themselves in the 66th minute. We're talking about discipline once again with this New York team. team. And, and Selmy made a great call by showing a slice of cheese to New York's uh, number 18, I think his name is first name is Samuel, for early engagement in a lineout, which is dangerous play yeah. for sure. It, it looked awful on the film. I immediately looked over at Caitlin and was like, they're getting a card for this for sure. Yeah. Um, so DC gets a penalty try at the 67th minute. Incredible stuff. I didn't write anything down from there because it was just a very, very entertaining game there at the end. I don't really <laughs> like either one of these teams, Dave, as we've talked about all you know the season long. But I find myself, or I found myself in this game rather, rooting for DC down the stretch because you know, screw New York, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's be real. Even yeah. though they sold our color scheme and their name is awful. Um, and we have a real rivalry with them now. I just hate New York so much, man. And I was happy to see them fall flat on their face. Yeah, I was pleased as well. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on record as that having been my hopeful outcome. I expected yep. New York to win, but I hoped Same. DC yep. would. Yep. Um, and so I was pretty pleased. Uh, I do think that this DC team feels a little more dangerous than the, if New York had put in like a clinical win and won mm-hmm. by 12 points or something. Yep. Right. Um, I would, I feel like I'd be like, okay, that's New York. We're like, we're ready for them. We know, we know what it's going to be. The, the DC, they're pretty hot. Yeah, you man. Know, they're, they're, they're a hot team. So I don't think there's any chance to free Jacks underestimate anybody. They're, Correct. they're very much dialed in. It's not really a, it's not really a question. But it is going to make it a very interesting game. They are DC are going to be confident. I think. Yes. If New York, I guess that's what I'm really getting at. If New York had won by 12 points, I don't think it would have made them more confident no, coming into play no. us. They would still. They'd feel like, oh, you know, we can beat them. We know we can beat them. We beat them in the Eastern Conference Final last year. We'll do it again this year. You know, rah rah, let's go. Yes. But DC, they're coming in hot. They're going to have. You know, not just the chip on their shoulder that's always there, but they're going to have a little pep in their step, I think. No doubt. Um, and they are really, really going to bring it. It's going to be a fantastic rugby it's game. It's going to be a good one because, you know, these two teams do not like each other. We've seen it in both games, especially the one at Fort Quincy. There's going to be a lot of sh- uh, jersey grabbing. Now, I hope <laughs> the clearer heads prevail because I don't want to yeah. see yellow cards in a, a Eastern Conference final that might dictate one way or the other. I really want to see a clean game but a physical yeah. game because that it deserves this i mean there's going to be a huge stage so yeah. it deserves a very very physical game of rugby but i don't want to see any type of controversy good lord um but uh yeah the, you, what you're saying about dc i think the key word is dangerous they have belief they were the underdogs and they got it done against a team that most people did not anticipate yep. them beating so they have now have belief so it's like a, it's like a a, a tsunami that's coming right into Fort Quincy, man. Like it, they're going to be a force coming in here. Now, will they get rattled by the crowd? Because, listen, the the, the crowd at the library there in uh, Mount Vernon is very different than Fort Quincy, no yeah. doubt in my mind. So, will be they be a little rattled by our home crowd potentially? But they have a belief, and they believe that they can stick, they can hold out, and and hang around with the Free Jacks, which we saw them do in that home opener at Fort Quincy way back when. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I will say that ill-discipline and not playing playoff rugby once again was New York's undoing. Um, you know, So, ultimately, what was your final thoughts there of the Eastern Conference Eliminator, Dave? You got anything else? Um, it, you know, my final notes were 
they can beat us and they know it. You know, this yeah. is a real match. This is playoff yep. rugby. Yes. Um, fans uh, better not go into this one complacent either. Not that we have any effect on the outcome. You could be complacent right. if you really want, but you may be in for a little bit of a shock, I yes. think. Um, I do think th- that um, I think we'll, we match up really well, and I think it'll be a good match, but I think everybody's eyes are wide open for this one. For sure. We got Steven uh, chiming in here. Not going to lie, a match with DC concerns me a bit more than the one with New York for Saturday. Now, let's talk about that for a minute because we've had people reach out with questions along these lines. Like, I think for a lot of people, they were a little worried about the possibility of New York coming into town and beating us again because it's happened mm-hmm. before, right? Yeah. Whereas with DC, I think a lot of people are like, okay, even though they played really well and, you know, did great against New York and advanced in an upset. I think people are going to slightly underestimate DC coming into this game. Yeah. And it might surprise, like you were saying, this the, their performance on the pitch might surprise people, even though these people might've watched the game where they beat New York because New York is the, the boogeyman to a certain extent by, based on what happened last year. So DC coming in here, looking like a mouse, but playing like a lion might catch people off, off guard a little bit. So, yeah. um, how does Anselmi get playoff games? He's outright awful. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you on that one. Uh, okay, so what we got next? Um, <clears throat> you know, we've talked about how dangerous they are. Any other impressions of this DC team specifically, Dave? Like, you know, they've um, got some really good players, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got a whole section here on somebody in particular. Joaquin oh. Tito Diaz Bonilla. Oh, yes. Um. He is a stud. He's a machine. Mm-hmm. But we talked about him earlier in this season. We talked about him each time we played, you know, we were playing DC. Mm-hmm. But the guy has played everywhere. Super rugby. He's played in the top 14. He's played in um, the premiership. Uh, he is legit. He, he has uh, several caps for Argentina. Um, he played for the Sharks down in South Africa in both Incredible. URC and the Curry Cup. Uh, oh, and this season he's done pretty well in Major League Rugby as well. It's true. Um, he is a very good fly half. He is a bit of a complete player in that he can do everything you need kind of a 10 to be able to do. He's a playmaker. He can put people into space and you know zip them right through. Yep. Um, he can keep it himself. He throws a wicked his highlight reel is full of just like killing guys on dummies from <laughs> 10, just like, you know, fake the pass, keep it, shoot through the gap. Uh, he's a really lethal player and he can hit a penalty from most of the pitch. He has an absolute cannon for a boot. He's very accurate. Yep. Um, fantastic kicker. And so he's a really, really dangerous player. Mm-hmm. Um, he kicked, he was second in the league with kicking meters this year with 5,229 meters this wow. season. Um, really happy tactical kicking. He's a good, good kicker. He'll get in that ping pong, you know, back and forth. They also have Kurt Baker back there yep. at 15. So they have a really good kicking game in general, just that positional kicking. Both of those guys can kill you on a return. You know, we're familiar with that as a free jacks. It's kind of one of the things no we've done. We've done well historically. So it's a little bit of a mirror match in that sense. I mean, they've got guys who really will run it back and kill you with it. Um, 
our discipline is going to have to be really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, it's going to have to be really good because, as we saw in the New York match, Diaz Benia will just keep clicking penalty yep. kicks through the uprights for three points, three points, three points. I mean, he only got, you know, he had he had nine points on penalties in that match. You know, well over the actual final margin, as we were saying. So, um, you know, he's he's really important. I think that we have to do a lot of different things in order to neutralize him. Like we can't let him be a hero, right? He's just one. You got to make sure he remains just one of 15 guys. If we give up a bunch of penalties and he kicks a bunch of for points and then he cuts us to pieces a few times, like he did, you know, with New York, um, putting guys into fate into space, like that first try from, uh, Willie Talatena, um, early on for DC was, you know, uh, Diaz Mania just, unlocking it getting him in mm-hmm. into the right position to run in um so we have to do we have to like shut down the channel and defend really cohesively to make sure that he's not able to just send like his 12 through over and over um it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot it's kind of a task uh, so, uh, you know, you're giving a shout out to a guy that is, you know, pretty underrated, I think, at MLR, but well deserved of the of the praise that, uh, you know, and, and the respect that you're giving him in this in this preview here. There's another guy that also plays pretty well uh, by the name of Danny Tusatala, who's kind of a superstar in this league. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he's no slouch uh, as well with his position at nine. Right. Uh, one of the best scrum halves in the league. Thankfully, we have uh, also one in John Poland. But this guy is super dangerous. Like one of the things that like really has to be focused on, and I'm sure that they are. They know more rugby than you know. They've forgotten more rugby than I know. Uh, but like focusing on the ruck defense with Danny Tusatala right there, because if he sees any gap, he's gone. Jack, bye. He'll take off. So yeah. you know that's the thing that they need to focus on for sure. Um, by the way, they have Fatnana Schultz, who's a really good uh, loose forward, uh, co-captain. We've already talked about Kyle Bailey. Uh, Palamo is coming off the bench for the la- in the last game. You know, yep. one of the best USA rugby products maybe ever uh, at his position. Uh, Kurt Baker, as you're talking about, legend in the Seventh Circuit. And by the way, the original Q, former Free Jack Quentin newcomer, came off the yep. bench against in that New York game and absolutely provides stability in that scrum. He was one of the reasons I think they were winning scrums uh, towards the end of that game against New York. He's he's a strong, strong beast of a man. And Junior Sal, speaking of beast, is a terror on the wing. That guy, like, if you looked at him, you're like, there's no way this guy plays wing, right? Like, how is that possible? <laughs> He's just, he's just, he looks like an eight man. He looks like yeah. Win Karate out there. It's wild. So they have yeah. some ponies, man. This is, this team, is, you know, is there for a reason. They are dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's the key word here. This is yeah. a DC team that I know that the coaching staff were really impressed by in the offseason. We knew that they would be improved. I was saying if they won more games than they lost, that Josh Sims, who's their coach, should be carried off the pitch like Rudy in their last home <laughs> game not realizing that a losing record in the regular season would be good enough for the playoffs. The East was kind of a dumpster fire, obviously. I think I predicted the Thieves to finish last or in fifth place in the East, but here they are playing spoilers for the New York and at uh, the New York at uh, New England playoff match at Fort Quincy that most people expected. I think a lot of people will be less nervous about this matchup than the New York matchup, but simply based on what happened last year. But that is a mistake, man. I'm telling you right now, this team, they're not scared. They're not scared. 
No. And at the end of the day, I think what it feels like to me is like New York are a team that has gotten worse. Mm -hmm. Kind of obviously they won the championship last season and now they've lost out in the eliminator round. So they're a team whose performance has decreased and DC are a team whose performance is increasing. And that's what makes them to me feel more dangerous than New York does. Sure. Um, they're getting better. They're probably going to be better next year. I mean, they only, they, you know, finish wrapping up like at 500, um, (laughs) would be an improvement, Yeah. right? Like they're, I think they're going to be even better next season than they are this season, not to get get ahead of ourselves, but like they, I mean, they brought in a bunch of new players. I don't know the, the specific contract links for everybody, but Mm -hmm. you know, they've got a bunch of fresh faces this season. No doubt. Um, and, uh, they're gonna, they're not going anywhere as so Steven chimes in here as for DC, keeping it close in this season home opener, keep in mind, the free decks have taken it to a completely different level in the second half of the season. So we're definitely pumping up the tires here of DC, but you know, we won 14 games for a reason, man, this team is high flying. You know, they've exceeded my expectations, which were already very, very high in terms of regular season wins. I just feel like. You know, it, it, I, I don't want people to underestimate D.C., but that doesn't mean that I don't think the Free Jacks are going to win this game. Right. Uh, and we're going to get into that in a moment here when we yeah. talk about our key to the game and predictions. Well, we, uh, we always yeah. spend our whole preview talking about the other team. right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like what they do well and yep. why, you know, why we should be worried about them. So, yeah, it is it is a bit imbalanced and that sure. we spent we spent the last 30 minutes talking about all the all the ways that all the things that make D.C. scary. Sure, but, yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of confidence in, in the Free Jacks still as well. I look at it like Kevin McAllister with Scott Matthew. How much prep time does he has? And he's got an extra week to look at D.C. and study, uh, you know, what he wants to do against this team. So I back our boys 100 percent over D.C., but I don't think it's going to be an absolute blowout. I would be shocked. Now, of course, I will be partying in the stands in Section 5 there with the rest of the Rowdy Rangers, but I just yeah. don't see it being like some sort of huge landslide victory where the Free Jacks, you know, score eight tries and are dancing out of the Fort Quincy uh, mm-hmm. onto a plane to the, to uh, Chicago. Right. You know what I mean? So um, let's move into key to the game, and I will let you go first, my friend. All right. Uh, my key to the game is to unleash Voltron. Ah. We've we've begin assembling Voltron, we've finished assembling Voltron and now this team is greater than the the sum of its parts. And I think that we should see that this weekend um really see how they can do all the things they're going to need to do to win a championship, right? Not to win, not just this weekend, but the week after. Um, things we know that they can do and that we they do very well. We just got to, you know, unleash it all. We see it all on display and we're good. So I'm talking about the goal line stops, right? That have become like a, a hallmark of this team. That's just right. denying teams scoring opportunities inside the 22. The tries off counterattacks, right? The just lethal turnover ball situation, the dominant physicality that we bring with all of the double tackles and the, the really powerful tackling, um, intense and good scrummaging. DC scrum is very good, um, and we're going to have to bring it. We haven't really gotten 
been out scrummed in any matches this season. Our scrum is very good, um, but we're going to have to bring it against a DC that that it's one of their strengths. You know, we really are going to have to be prepared. Um, the kicking we talked about with Diaz Bonilla and Baker, they have a couple really good kickers back there who are going to be eager to capitalize on any kicking errors we make. Um, we're going to have to have our normal daring decision-making, like that fast flare rugby, you know. If we do all of those things, DC cannot beat New England. Right. So that's what, that's what Unleash Voltron really means. If we do all of those different areas of the game, if we really deliver on what we know we're capable of in each of those areas, we, we walk away with the Eastern Conference Championship. Hard to disagree with that. It's a very optimistic look at the key to the game, and I will do something similar. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little callback here to the New England sports region. I'm sure everybody remembers this from our good <laughs> friends at the New England Patriots. Do your job. So dominant tackles, counterattack, dominant scrums, make something out of nothing, which this team has done all year long, and we've loved to see. Show your grittiness and toughness, which this team has been built up to do without getting cards. Play playoff rugby. Be great like you've been all year, Free Jacks. If we're going to win this game, we must keep our foot on the gas and never look back. If there's a penalty within Potty's distance, take the shot. Do your job. Play like a team. If you do your job and the man next to you does his job and everybody in the 23 does their job, the result will take care of itself. What do you mean by that, Phil? We have more depth than any team in the MLR, maybe except for the guys that we might see in the Western Conference Final if we make it there. So, you know, if they play to the level that we expect them and we know that they can, then we will win the game. All it has, all they have to do is do your job. That's it. That's it. Um, so, you know, that's how I feel about it. I don't think there needs to be a lot of like, you know, you know, there will be blood on the you know, pitch or anything like that. Just <laughs> do your job. Focus on doing what you do well, and that will see you over the line. That's how much better the Free Jacks are than DC. Even with the belief that DC has that they can come in here and into Fort Quincy in our house and win, as long as we do our job. They can't win. They won't win. Um, so that's how I see the key to the game going. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, so we got a Facebook user hearing say, hey, Phil, do you remember your predictions for league record of free jacks? Mm -hmm. um, I want to say 13 and three is yeah. what I anticipated. I think they were three losses on the books. Um, so that I believe that's what it was. Uh, Bill once quali uh, qualified that statement to do your job well. Yeah, that, that's pretty necessary <laughs> as well, Mark, for sure. Do your job well. I like yep. that. Let's move over to predictions here. Once again, I'm using the keyword for DC as dangerous. DC are a dangerous team. They almost beat us at our home opener. They've gotten bonus po points on us every time we've played them. I don't think they will be overly rattled having just upset New York, but Fort Quincy is Fort Quincy, and we have the better team. This is the Revenge Tour 2023, as Kyle the Eagle Sequera uh, mentioned on his face, or excuse me, his Instagram story way back at the beginning of the season, and the Jacks will punch their ticket to Chicago. I've got the final score being DC 24, New England 37. 
So not, you know, not a huge victory for the Free Jacks. They will do what they need to do. And maybe, I, I don't want to say it's going to be some sort of historic comeback where like uh, the uh, Patriots versus the Falcons type situation. I feel mm-hmm. like we will have a lead and we'll just be able to barely, barely squeak by in the last, let's say, 20 minutes and extend it. So that, yeah. that's how I see it going down. What about you, Dave? You got the dice. I got the dice. I got them right here. We're rattling around. All right. See what we say. Uh, Thirty-two. All right, okay. that's a number. And eighteen. I don't Ooh. mind that too bad. Okay. I'd say if that does end up being true, I think some of those thirty-two come pretty late for the free jacks. Yes, so we've yeah, seen a little bit. In that. Um, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I thought <laughs> I have I have another thing I was going to talk about. I oh, just yeah, remembered. Joe James is the referee for this match. We talked a bit about refereeing earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe James refereed the Seattle-Houston match. That's what just made me remember I was going to mention him because mm-hmm. um, there was some late scoring in that match that kind of pushed it a little, pushed the margin a little bit. Um, Joe James is a very good referee. If you want to see what a really good referee looks like, watch that game. He keeps uh, a pretty good lid on the Seattle-Houston game. Um, he's very clear-sighted. He communicates really clearly. There was a similarly kind of weird situation in that game, different context um, than the New York DC game, but it was something that like took some time to figure out and explain. And he took the time. He was really clear with the captains to be like, mm-hmm. "I'm just making sure we get this right. Like, I need. I'm just taking a minute to talk to the TMO. Like, just wait a little bit longer." Um, he is happy to give people yellow cards for repeated infringements. Yep. Both teams are going to be have to be careful about how they defend the mall um, because James gave like a really quick yellow, I think to Houston because they just, they collapsed. They, they infringed at the mall three times and that was yeah, that, yeah, you know, I mean, that's the fair. first one's a penalty. The second one's a warning and the third one's a card period. Yep. Um, he's that kind of referee, which is really, really good. So I'm, I'm happy that he'll be there. Um, calling the match, I think he's going to keep things uh, uh, very fair, very consistent, and give us a really good contest too. So I'm I'm excited he, for some excellent referee. He's a premiership referee, I believe. Is is that is that the same guy? I think so. He is yeah. one of the guys they brought in this year. I'm not sure of his specific um, background. Yeah, background. Yeah, but he's he's one of the highly experienced referees that they've brought in, and you can I mean you can it. tell. He's yeah. he's got a lot of. Poise. He knows what he's doing. He really knows what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, his so little things like his positioning, referee coaching. A lot of it's about like positioning, where you are, where you're looking, all that stuff. He just does it very well. Uh, Steven chiming in once again. I just hope the crowd shows up again. Just a, a quick note about about that because obviously we want five thousand at Fort Quincy, and I was talking a little bit to some of the staff, and and they were like, yeah, that you know that's definitely what we want, but. What factor that I was not considering is it's Independence Day weekend, right? For for most folks, that's when they're going to be out and about doing their thing. So a lot of people do have plans elsewhere, but I'm, I'm appealing to the folks right now that may not have plans yet. There's going to be fireworks. There's going to be beer. There's going to be physical rugby. So even if you're not familiar with rugby, if you've got friends that don't have anything going on, just tell them it's a playoff game in the Boston area. Like that should be enough to get people running into their cars and, you know, uh, hauling ass to Fort Quincy. So uh, let's get as many people as possible in there. Might not break the attendance record, which is perfectly fine. As long as it's loud, who who cares? You know, we're (laughs) going to have more than the library down there in uh, Mount Vernon. That's for damn sure. So we can expect Absolutely. that. I got some friends coming. It's going to be, it's going to be a party. Yeah. 
hell yeah, I'm super excited about that. Fans need to do their job as well, very well put. Um, and with that, let me see here. So we've talked about the, we talked about everything, Dave. I'm just super, super excited it. for this game. I, I know uh, Dan from Merrimack is absolutely fired up. He's been talking about it for the past couple of days in our <laughs> Outriders chat. I mean, this is the big one, man. This is the Eastern Conference Final with the Free Jacks having a real possibility to make their way to Chicago for the final, man, it, to, with the, the opportunity to hoist a shield for the first time ever in this franchise's history, man. It, it's, it's so, so exciting. It would be really cool. Hell yeah. All right. And with that being said, we've got one word to exit the video in three, two, one. Huzzah! huzzah. Woo! Cheers. Thank you.